Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Hey! <laughs> I didn't see you come in there. You startled me. Here I was sitting in the podcast, and the door just creaked open, mm-hmm. and you came inside without fucking knocking, and we could have been doing anything in here. Necking. We? Who's we? Me and you. Oh, you're... Okay, the audience is the surprise. Yes. I thought I was. Let's start over. Oh, no, you caught us necking. And now, play along. Say the next... Read, oh. it's a, look at the script where it says Rachel, and I highlighted it for you, so just read the next line. It says, Griffin, you're such a wonderful lover. Yeah. That's weird. It's weird, because you wrote it. <laughs> uh thanks for listening to wonderful as a podcast where we talk about the stuff that we're feeling the stuff that's good the stuff that you like that you think is good and i'm just really excited to record this podcast with you i'm sorry that we are a day late at this point uh but you know nobody's perfect um he said it <laughs> <laughs> but i put my own fun griffin McRoy twist on it which is where i uh, switch letters around sometimes mm-hmm. i love the way you're holding that Tear. <laughs> you look like Conan, you look like Conan O'Brien. Um, we had talked about doing like a new segment. I don't know if you'd given it any thought here at the top. Where like I struggle sometimes to think of things to talk about on this show, not because I have a dearth of is a dearth a lot. That's scarcity. You're right. I have a. It's not like I have a dearth of like great things to talk about. It's just like sometimes it's hard to talk for ten minutes about the things that you're into because all you have to say about them is they're very good. Yeah, and not be like asinine about it. Yeah. Um. And so we had talked about doing kind of like the episode we did where we just kind of rapid fired, like doing like uh-huh. one or two things that we're into right now that maybe couldn't uh be a whole segment, but we wanted to talk about. And I don't have a hot name for this segment, but maybe just like hot segment. <laughs> you're you're a brand generator griffin the, what's in the hot segment today what are you into that we can't really go too deep into but what are you into i mean lemons i really thought about talking about lemons this you, week lemons have really been on the brain lately for i you. i just got over a, a cold that i caught from henry and i wanted to put some lemons up in my bevs and then i realized like i just always want to have lemons around yeah sure uh, but that's not a lot to talk about there. That's why, Rachel, that's why Rachel hates Carfax, because they have a lemon-free guarantee. Who? So. Um, What's your thing? I played this game called Celeste uh, that I wanted to talk about, but then I was like, you know, it, it's one of those games where like there, it does some really cool stuff in the last like couple hours, and I don't want to spoil it. it. Suffice to say that like it's a phenomenal game, and if you play any games, it's out on like everything, so if you play any games, you should go play it. But it's just like a cool little mountain climbing platformer is this for your phone or Uh, i played it on switch uh but it's on like switch pc ps4 a bunch of stuff um it's by the guy who made towerfall you remember that game it's like a multiplayer oh my gosh you were so into that yeah so it's by the same guy and the the platform like the controls are are just as tight um but it does some really interesting stuff with the, the main character suffers from depression and anxiety and it really tackles those issues more than you would think this like pixelated platformer was going to in a way that is like really, really thoughtful and ultimately kind of becomes the focus of the game, which I thought was really fascinating and uh, handled really well. I, I just finished it a couple days ago and I'm absolutely bonkers about it. So hmm. that's what I'm into right now. There's other stuff this too. This was a good hot segment. We've been watching a lot of um, Terrace House Boys X Girls yes. Next Door, which was the original uh, series that aired in Japan in like 2013. Uh, we're about 50 episodes into it now. It ran for about 100. 
and sweet god it oh, is it's incredible i think it's on good. terrible house if yes. you're looking to find it uh you can you can find out more about it in our uh wonderful facebook group wink wink nudge nudge um but it it's it's probably my favorite yeah cast right now we're about halfway through like griffin said and the folks they have in the house right now it's are phenomenal stupendous that was the hot segment um i think it's my turn to start what's the music for the hot segment gonna be? hot segment so here's my first thing are you ready <laughs> sounds for a lot like hot pockets well <laughs> they stole it from me um i want to talk first yes about puffins it's been a while since we did an animal now, since the okay. lovely wombat. I didn't know if you were talking about the cereal puffins. No, fuck the puffin cereal. That's, oh, that's really good, though. No, it's not. It's toothsome. Um, <laughs> puffins are great. Listen, when we talked about wombats, we started sort of a movement, a uh, worldwide movement, and now wombats are the hottest thing. They, are, they would be in the hot segment if we hadn't already talked about them. Oh, by the way, if you have seen the book Diary of a Wombat um, and have been interested in sending it to us uh we already have it yes thank you very much for the <laughs> folks who who sent that our way uh puffins though here let me hit you with this puffins colon wombats of the sky and see they can go both places this is what i learned when talking when researching the puffin wait how are they similar to the wombat or are you just saying that i like them I, li- I like okay. them they're, I like them a lot. They're the best bird. Uh, if I didn't really appreciate puffins until we watched a television show for children called Puffin Rock that oh, is on yeah. Netflix. Uh, it is pound for pound maybe the cutest television show ever oh, made. It's so relaxing. It's got who's that dude? The Irish Chris O'Dowd. He was in Bridesmaids. Oh. Uh, yeah, he's like the narrator for it. It is a very cute show about some puffins that live up on a rock. And I was like, hey, you know what? I like these animals. I want to talk about them on the show. And here I am doing that. These squat little guys, they got little black and white bodies, kind of penguin-like, but then they got these big, round, colorful beaks. Their beaks actually change color uh, seasonally. Whoa. Uh, so they can attract mate- mates during mating Ooh, season. I like that. Yeah, it's just like, look at my mouth. You like? <laughs> um, you see these little guys, and they got these weird wings, and you're like, oh, great, Griffin's talking about another flightless bird. Nope. These fucking guys can fly super fast. Their wings flap 400 times oh, a minute. like little hummingbirds. Like almost. little hummingbirds, except that they can go up to 88 kilometers per hour. They can travel back in time. Can you translate that to miles per hour for me? Uh, yeah, it's like 89. <laughs> you know, in Back to the Future, whenever they did it, in literally any other country on Earth, they had to, uh, you know... Do the, do the, the conversion to kilometers per hour. And it's about, it's about, yeah. Well, for kilometers per hour from 88 miles, it would be 87. Anyway, it's just plus one. That's a, my little shorthand for the conversion is it's just kilometers plus one. Anyway, they can also dive under the water down to 60 meters. There is no escape. From these puffins. Well, what is with this metric article that you've put, put together? <laughs> I'm just saying they can go up to 88 kilometers an hour in the sky, and then they can dive down quick 60 meters below the surface of the ocean. I can't go down that low. So I is that 61 miles? Is that It's 61 miles. <laughs> um, they mostly live in Iceland, which has 10 million puffins, which in my mind sort of moves Iceland up the rankings of Whoa. like the best. But there's some areas in Iceland where they do eat the puffin. And that bums me out in a pretty major way. I don't want to tell them how to do their business, and I would never look down on their customs. You know, that's not me. It makes me sad to think about eating a puffin. Of that's course. All. Yeah. Because I'm picturing like a whole puffin on a skewer, and it's very upsetting. It's not ideal. And thank you for giving me that mental image and our <laughs> millions of listeners. Uh, and I know you're probably asking yourself, where do they live? Up in a tree nest? 
No. No, they burrow down into the ground and they make oh. little holes. They make little houses under the ground in little caverns that they How dug do they out. How they protect themselves from predators? From their, with their caverns. That's, Most that, of their predators are like um, uh, birds of prey. And they ain't going in a fucking hole. That's true. I'm a big hawk. I see a hole in the ground. That's not for me. Yeah, you can't dive down. I'm a skybird. I'm not a fucking puffin. Um, when mating season comes around, they usually congregate around the, um, the North Atlantic Ocean islands. And typically they try to get down with the same partner that they had the previous year. And some puffins, puffins have a life expectancy of 20 years. Some of those mating like pairings are for life. That's nice. And it's great because it's like, where's Sheila? I'm back. Where's Sheila? (laughs) Sheila? Oh, there she is. Do you know why why they do that, I wonder? Uh, they feel love. Oh, okay. <laughs> they form these long-term relationships with their partners, and they only lay one egg a year. Just one. They just roll the hard six on this one egg. What's and the then, incubation on those eggs, I wonder? I don't know. I don't know. Probably like 61 meters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they lay one egg a year. They do it down in their, their whole house. Uh, and the eggs hatch. And you know what comes out? A puffin? You want to guess what a baby puffin's called? Pufferino. That's very good. It's a puffling. Oh, God, can nice you imagine? Um, so what happens, though, if their little burrow isn't big enough for a puffin to really express themselves with the way that they like to make love? What do you do? <laughs> what do you even, what do, you you even do? You were just asking all the questions on the tip of my tongue. Well, sometimes Atlantic puffins, which is one of the three types of puffins that there are in the world, they'll go where rabbits make their burrows, and they'll find a rabbit burrow, and they'll get down in there. How good is that? Hey, you're not using this anymore, right? Other animal? Because I'm going to just scoot into your zone, and I'm going to make it my own with my musk, my sex scent. Are you kidding me, puffins? They're resourceful. They're pragmatic. These are good birds. This is also a plot point on Puffin Rock where sometimes I think there was like a rainstorm, and the puffins were like, can I live with you for a bit, rabbit? And the rabbit was like, yeah, come on inside. They did not make love. Griffin business idea. Okay. An app for puffins, so they know (laughs) where all the caverns are Okay, for when they want to get frisky. What's the install base for smartphones for puffins? Because I have a business idea, smartphones for puffins. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to load these little guys down with apps. (laughs) Um, It's just wild. I'm going to use this rabbit house. Anyway, that really tickled me. Uh, Another great thing, they have these big beaks. They use them to to scoop up fish and plankton, and they bring it on home to their kids a couple times a day, and they can fit like 10, 12, 50, 100 (laughs) meters of fish in that big, big mouth. And because they're such diligent parents, they don't have to eat the food and then yarts it for the kid to eat like like every other bird. They just hold it in the little fish prison of their mouths to feed it to the kids. It's a little ready station at a a nice (laughs) fancy restaurant. I bet that leads to some kind of awkward conversations because like a puffin will get home and they'll be like, hey, Jeremy, how was your day? And they'll be like, like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were making dinner. You had 50 meters of fish. (laughs) Anyway, that's all I have on puffins. Best birds. Look at these little guys. You know what a puffin looks like, yeah? Little guys. Yeah, I mean, I know what the television show tells me. And it's 100% right anatomically, except they don't get down. But I guess they only get down. Do they only get down once a year? Do they get down for funsies, too? Who knows? Who knows? We could do a whole Puffin podcast. Puffin talk? Nothing. It's nothing. Nothing, No. Um, What's (laughs) your first thing? Uh, So my first thing is probably not going to come as a surprise to many people as far as, you know, 
Like, there are a lot of people out there that probably aren't familiar with Puffins, but I imagine most of our listeners are familiar with Tiny Desk Concerts. Oh, Tiny Desk Concerts. But just in case you're not, I thought I would talk about it, because it's super cool. Yeah. Uh, it's a, an NPR music production uh, that started in 2008. The All Songs Considered host, Bob Boylan, uh, attended a show in South by Southwest and was frustrated that they couldn't hear the music over the crowd noise. Hmm. Uh, so they were seeing an artist, uh, Laura Gibson, who's a folk singer, and they kind of joked that she should come to record at their desk. Uh, they just have one. People don't know this. At NPR, they, they have one <laughs> desk. They all have to take turns. Ira's like, can I, can I please, this is my Ira Glass impression. Can I please use the desk? So that's pretty good. Oh, weird. He sounds so much like you. Also, is he on NPR still? I don't know. I don't anyway, know. it's so uh, political. <laughs> specifically, Boylan's desk, okay. I should say. Uh, and so a month later, she did that, and they did a, an impromptu recording, posted it online. Uh, at that point, NPR Music had only been around for about five months. And so Bob himself filmed it, had no team or anything. <laughs> Sorry, that cracks me up. They were that like... You know, people seem to really be into this music stuff. <laughs> we should really start something. Uh, NPR music's great, though. They, they do a lot of, like, those early listen mm-hmm. things. Like, I used to... Before used, an album comes out? Yeah, I yeah. used to be really into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, as of November 2016, more than 550 concerts have been conducted there uh, and viewed about 80 million times on YouTube. Uh, and so, this is something that it used to be kind of just for kind of indie artists. If you look at some of the top views, uh, Tallest Man on Earth is up there. Iron and Wine is on there, The National. Uh, but in 2014, uh, the then co-host of the Microphone Check podcast noted there was a lack of hip-hop artists. Uh, and so since then, they've really focused on having more diversity. Uh, in 2014, uh, they brought T-Pain on, Fantastic. which apparently is the top viewed performance. Uh, T-Pain is known for uh, his uh, auto-tune pitch correction. I almost called it, I couldn't, I was sitting here trying to remember what it was called, and I almost called it Vocaloid, like T-Pain <laughs> was like really into Hatsune Miku. Um, he might be, we don't know. Uh, so he showed up with just a keyboard and uh, did an impressive vocal performance that I think wowed everybody because yeah. they were used to his auto tune work. And yeah, so quit talking shit about T Pain. Yeah, and so it, it's it's made a big uh, a big movement for uh, Tiny Desk concerts. I think I've seen a Chance the Rapper yeah. one and a oh, run, for sure. run Run the Jewels. I think did one as well. Yeah. So just recently on the nineteenth, uh, they had Big Daddy Kane do a performance, and then uh, George Clinton and the P Funk All Stars were on January twenty fourth. Yeah. So they're like they really kind of expanded their oeuvre. Yeah, recently. for sure. Uh, so as as much as I like you know like the Avett Brothers, like it's it's a it's a broader audience now. Um, so now they have a whole team that goes into recording these. But for those of you that aren't familiar, it's it's really it's it's a literal desk in a literal NPR office, uh, and it's like the most intimate performance you'll see yeah. for most of these people. Uh, and so now they have a whole a whole team and multiple cameras that capture the performances. They have between three and five cameras that now capture it, uh, and they have a uh, a sound producer that uses a set of shotgun mics um, and he forgoes a PA system, which allows him to really crank up the volume on the mics. Um, so yeah, I, I 
I love it. I mean, as I mentioned, there's over 500 videos now. You can watch them all on YouTube. Uh, and it's a really cool way to see some of your favorite artists in like a really t- like intimate yeah. setting. I, it reminds me, uh, I don't think we could do this now that we just did Tiny Desk Concerts. Have you ever seen AV Undercover, the AV Club series where they get bands to come in no. and pick songs? They have like a list of 30 songs, like iconic songs from throughout uh, you know, modern modern music history, and then they have just a bunch of bands come in, and when you come in, you get to pick a song off the list, and then you have to cover it. It is a oh, fucking yeah. great, great, great series. No, you have told me about that before. Um, cool. Uh, hey, can I steal you away to the place where the commercials live? Oh, gross. There's some smooches there. I know. Wipe them off. Yuck. Oh, Griffin, come on. <laughs> oh, One yeah. of these days, you'll grow into it. And no, never. <laughs> You've got Takis breath. Just oh, kidding. You don't hey. have, no, you don't have Takis I'm breath. all for improv, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, baby, you have to say, yes, I do have Takis no. breath. And, and. No, but. Yes, I have Takis <laughs> breath, and I'm sorry. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true, because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different <laughs> now? Is factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain
Okay, I have a few messages to read. This message is for Beth, and it is from Nicholas. Hey, baby. We've been together for over a year by now, and it's been, well, wonderful. You've made me happy in so many ways, whether it's when we make dinner together, play video games, or leave parties early because we're both sleepy and want to relax with some Netflix. That's love. Oh, that's us. What a love. Well, when we used to go to parties. Yeah, we don't even do that. We just get to cut out the middleman. I simply can't wait to see where we go from here. I love you. I love you too, babe. No, it's the message. You don't love me? Ever ever since that talkies comment, I feel a little mixed. Stop eating so many dang talkies all the time with every meal. I know you say it's full of good nutrients and fish oil and stuff. It's good for your heart, but I think you just like the spicy flavor on your mouth. So, okay. Am I wrong? Take me, take me to jail. Okay. I'm wrong. Okay. This message is for Ray. It is from Elizabeth. Dear Ray, I'm the worst girlfriend for traveling to another country over your birthday, but I hope this a happy birthday from Griffin. Hey, happy birthday. Makes up for it a little. Yo, hey, happy birthday for real, though. <laughs> and happy anniversary month, too. These past two and a half years have been the best. I love you so much, and I can't wait for all the adventures the future holds for us. All my love, E. Oh, that's a nice one. You remember that song, Hey Baby, by Gwen Stefani? Uh-huh. You want to sing a little bit of that for us? I do not. Hi, I'm comedian Emily Heller. And I'm cartoonist Lisa Hannawalt. And we're the hosts of Baby Geniuses. Do you want to learn weird new facts? Do you like hearing successful creative women talk about their poop? Do you want the scoop on Martha Stewart's pony? If you answered yes to any of these questions, our show is for you. We interview people like Paul F. Tompkins, Kristen Shaw, Michael Che, and more. So check us out on Maximum Fun. And let us mess up your brain. Yes, please. <laughs> I have my second thing here. Wait, Griffin, before you start, do you want to stop eating that huge bag of Cheetos that you're okay, eating Okay, right see? Now? Well, now we're both having fun. <laughs> okay, and now I can be like, uh, uh-oh, sounds like we've got ourselves a real crunch crunch wars. Mm-hmm. So build on, build on that. Isn't this fun? Build on that. This improv? <laughs> but mine was accurate, and I, about me uh... Well, I don't, I guess I don't eat that many Cheetos. Okay, anyway. I want to talk about my second thing, and I'm nervous about it because I'm worried it's going to make me sound like a 54-year-old man, Um, which, oh, God, that's just 24 years from now. I need to get living. Um, (laughs) I'm worried it's going to make me sound like uh, I'm out of touch with the teens. I guarantee whatever you say, I will not know. You might actually know this one. Uh, It's a a meme. Yes. Please don't turn turn off the show. You've already lost me. But it's the steamed hams meme. Do you remember steamed hams? I mean, the Simpsons reference? Yes. I know that. Okay, that, I mean, that's all, that's what it is. It's a meme now? It's a meme now. Welcome to 2018. It's a oh, meme now. It's a meme now. Uh, So I'm not like, I'm not like a big meme fan, because I think most of them are like, a lot of it's just like lazy kind of recycled jokes, I feel like, like, oh, yeah. I feel like memes lost me after Success Baby. Success Baby was the peak, right? Yeah. And, but there's also mean memes, and also hugely racist memes and those are obviously not great but what i love about steamed hams is 
how creative folks have gotten with it. And what's the intent? Is there an underlying intent to all the memes? Well, I will. Uh, uh, hold on. Are you asking me like why people enjoy memes in general no. or just steamed hands? No, specifically using this Simpsons clip. Like, what is the purpose they're using it for? Yeah. So that's the next thing. Okay. And the next reason why I enjoy it is because, as far as I can tell, it's sort of rise is completely nonsensical. It makes no sense. So if you, okay, for starters, because I'm sure everybody who listens to this show is a uh, hip and, you know, loves to surf the web mm-hmm. and go to their favorite pages and yeah. join some of their favorite boards and leave cool forum posts. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm sure you know what it is. But if you don't, uh, the original Steamed Hams is a sketch from a really weird episode of The Simpsons called 22 Short Films About Springfield, which is actually, I think, in my opinion, one of the best Simpsons episodes probably ever. It's like literally exactly all it is, just 22 little short stories. Um, and in in uh, the, the sketch is called Skinner and the Superintendent, I think. And in it, Skinner invites Superintendent Chalmers over for dinner and realizes that he burned the roast that he'd made. And Chalmers questions him about the smoke that's coming out of his oven, which Skinner explains is the steam from the steamed clams that he's making for dinner. And then he sneaks off to Krusty Burger to get some Krusty Burgers and then explains to Chalmers that he actually said steamed hams, which is what he calls (laughs) hamburgers, which is a New York regional dialect. And Chalmers kind of grows increasingly incredulous. And boy, talking about something that is already funny is not funny (laughs) at all. Uh, But but the, the bit is like, it's fucking phenomenal. It is also 22 years old. It came out in 1996, which that alone is kind of uh, existentially terrifying. But like, why is it just now popping off? There is no explanation for it. (laughs) And that is so, so, so wonderful to me. Uh, Simpsons jokes are like, there is a, they're, they're a weirdly rich vein for shitposting, just like people who... Will you explain what shitposting is too? Because I didn't know until about a week ago. Yeah, it's like low effort, purposefully low effort jokes probably memes most of the time that are still you know funny uh i mean they're they're more nonsensical it's like a nonsensical low effort meme most of the time god we're gonna get so many fucking tweets about this bit why did i choose (laughs) this um but there's lots of there's a lot of like simpsons shit that has been turned into these these very very long-running shit posting memes um and for whatever reason steamed hams is kind of the gold standard and, but I feel like calling it shitposting is kind of dismissive because there's a lot of genuine artistic and comedic masterpieces in this one. Uh, so in October of last year, I feel like this is where things kind of uh, exploded for Steamed Hams. There's a YouTuber named Expand Banana who posted Steamed Hams, but it's a custom Guitar Hero song, which charts every word, musical stinger, and sound effect from the original Steamed Hams sketch to a Guitar Hero level, like, bar graph. I have prepared some videos on my computer really quick to give you some instruction on Steamed Hams. Okay. (laughs) That is inspired yeah it's it's extremely good um and i think this it has like a million views on youtube and and kind of i think activated this to become because people were doing shit like this before but it kind of caught fire after this video went up um and since then people have been doing so much incredible stuff with steamed hams uh there's a youtube user named finn mk who does mostly like 
improvisational uh, like piano pieces over spoken word stuff. But every time a word is said, he like plays a little melody so that it matches up. And I can actually include this one in the episode because you can hear kind of what he does, where every time a character says a word, there is a corresponding piano note in the composition that is so good. Superintendent, I was just uh, stretching my calves on the windowsill. Isometric exercise. Can you join me? Why is there smoke coming out of your oven, Seymour? Uh, oh, that isn't smoke. It's steam. Steam from the steamed clams we're having. Mmm, steamed clams. That's incredible. Yeah, that one's very, very good. Um, these, these, by the way, are kind of sort of broad categories of steamed ham memes, uh, of just like including something that dubs over the sounds of the video perfectly yeah. or uh so the guitar hero one is is great because a big trend is editing uh steamed hams with like ui elements and sounds from any number of video game franchises and there's literally like no reference to granular uh there is one for persona which is like one of my favorite game franchises ever there's one for uh the one i'm going to play just some audio of because i think it comes through really well is from the ace attorney series which is a japanese adventure game series where you are a lawyer who is sort of conducting these uh (laughs) trials uh there's a lot of sort of trial-based video games that it has been dubbed over this is steamed hams but it's ace attorney wonderful good time was had by all i'm pooped yes i should be good lord what is happening in there aurora borealis Uh, aurora borealis at this time of year at this time of day in this part of the country localized entirely within your kitchen yes and then there's so 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 much uh youtube poop edits which i don't know if you're familiar with what those are but it's 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 youtube shit posting essentially uh it's just called youtube poop uh that really do it for me uh this is one called steamed hams but every word is replaced with its first occurrence where every time a word is repeated throughout the length of the sketch they cut back to the first time that that word was said in the sketch until it becomes just an incomprehensible just toilet you well, these hamburgers are quite similar to the ones they have at Krusty Burgers. Oh, no, patented burgers. Old family recipe for steamed hams. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Uh, so that's steamed hams. <laughs> I like that. Okay, like I wanted to include. There is a level of, of craftsmanship to this that I was not anticipating. And that's what I love about it. It is a canvas. Steamed hams is a can. I know it's kind of busted. Like I was not joking earlier when I said about like trying to talk about funny things is one of the least funny things I feel like you can do on this earth. But I like this because it's it is a launch pad for whatever you want to make it. And it's such a like harmless enough like meme with actually really good source material. Yeah. Uh, that every time a new one comes out, I find it just so, so, so delightful. And I think it probably helps that like a lot of the like video game edits are like yeah. stuff that really, really speaks to me. But I just, I don't like many memes. And so I find, I get so excited when I have one that I feel like I can participate. How do you know in. when a new one comes out? Uh, okay. So, uh, Allegra at Polygon yeah. has a, uh, a post at Polygon that she wrote a while ago about the Steam Tams oh, meme. She updated? She's updated it like nine <laughs> times, uh, with like, oh, there's a Metal Gear Solid one. It's so good. Um, <laughs> and so uh, every time that get pushed up to the top of our site, I'm like, oh yeah, new hams. <laughs> Thank you for indulging me. You're welcome. 
Do you want to hear mine? Yes. Mine might be a little basic, but I think it's worth mentioning. Crying at television shows. <laughs> <laughs> is it, why not just crying in in general? Is it just there is a special kind of crying? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, you know me. Like I'm I'm not a particularly expressive person on sure, a regular basis. Sure. Uh, television shows really provide me with kind of an outlet. Uh, to just just let go, yeah, you know. So I did some research on this, which I thought I would share. Okay, about there's research specifically about crying at television shows. Uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, so this is from a, a Time article uh, from 2017. Why it's healthy to cry over TV shows. Uh, research shows that becoming attached to television personalities can be healthy. Psychologists call the types of relationships we form with fictional characters parasocial or one-directional because we know all about these individuals, but they know nothing about us. Uh, there is an assistant professor uh, of psychology at the University of Oklahoma that says that our brains aren't really built to distinguish between whether a relationship is real or fictional. Whoa. First of all, that's wild. Isn't Second of wild? all, it's wild, but also it kind of sucks. <laughs> it, I mean, it, I'm, I'm sure it is it is accurate, but like it sucks that that's how our brains work. Well, I think it's, it's it, it explains why like art and media can be so powerful yeah, because it can good. trigger your brain to react in a way that that it would if anybody sure. were to experience what you're seeing. Um, so crying over sad television uh, can include self-esteem boosts, decreased loneliness and more feelings of belonging. Uh, crying over sad television is also a modern example of what philosophers have referred to for thousands of years as the paradox of tragedy, which uh, sadness is a negative emotion, but you can, you know, still enjoy tragic fiction because it is sad. Huh? Yeah. Um, one theory behind the paradox is that tragic fiction can provide catharsis, as I was mentioning, or a purge of negative emotions. Uh, and people tend to feel better after crying. Uh, fictional TV dramas, um, research also shows that it can improve people's ability to read the thoughts and feelings of other people. This is interesting. In a 2015 study, Barnes, the professor I mentioned earlier, uh, found that people that watched an episode of The Good Wife were better able to correctly identify the emotions being conveyed in photos of human faces. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Juliana Margulies. <laughs> Compared to those who watched a nonfiction documentary or no television at Healing all. the Nation with yeah. Juliana Margulies. So the reason I reference this, um, there are a lot of shows that I watch without Griffin because they are kind of my purge shows. Yeah. Uh, those include shows like This Is Us. Before that, it was Parenthood. I still am one of Jesus. the few people that is following along with Grey's Anatomy. Parent, parenthood, I would walk into the living room and you'd just like turn up to me, just <laughs> covered, soaking with tears. And I'd be like, I will a comeback. You doing okay? It's the TV show, right? Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, I have two questions. Yes. One, do you remember the first time you cried at a television show? Gosh, no. Do you? Yes. Okay, continue. I guess I remember, like, uh, I was probably in, like, middle school, maybe like, even early high school. And, well, no, I re remember, like, seeing my, uh, you know, my parents cry when we watched, like, a movie or, like, yeah. I would come in and they were watching, like, ER or something and they would be crying and I'd be like, oh, okay, I don't get it. And then I watched the series finale of Boy Meets World and oh I was gosh, fucked Griffin. up, dude. <laughs> I was fucked 
up. You heard that class dismissed, and you just Feeny turns off the light the and says class dismissed, and I say fucking tears dismissed from my eyes and face <laughs> and ducts. Always, always, always. Um, hard, second question, hardest you've ever cut a TV show? Probably Parenthood. Oh. Um... I mean, Parent Friday Night Lights is another one. I, I was feel gonna, like for me, it's Friday Night Lights, the episode where um, no spoilers. It's not really a spoiler, okay. but uh, it, there's like it's a one episode arc where uh, oh my god, I can't remember Taylor Kitsch's character's name. Oh, Riggins. Riggins' uh, brother like kicks him out of the house because he's being a jag. Yeah, uh, and he doesn't really have anywhere else to go, and some other bad I forget what like bad shit happens to him. Uh, but they get in this big fight. It's the episode where they get in like the big, like actual fist fight yeah. in their house. Uh, and he gets kicked out. And then at the end of the episode, like he's like some terrible stuff's happened and he comes home and his brother like makes him a sandwich and gives him a, a beer and kind of like cleans up a like knocked over stool and they just sit there and he puts his hand on the back of his neck and it's playing that um that iron and wine song i'm about to start crying right oh, no. now on the podcast that shit gets yeah. me so bad yeah 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 i it's a phenomenon that i i guess i wouldn't expect would apply to me um because i'm not as I mentioned earlier, a particularly like sentimental or weepy person. Uh, but there is something that is so nice about sitting down with the show and just getting it out there. Just man. getting a good cry on. Yeah. My so-called life is another one. I oh, used yeah. to really get me on that. We mentioned uh, Terrace House Boys, Ex-Girls Next Door oh, earlier yeah. in the episode. I've cried maybe four or five times. And yeah. that's, that, that's really unique for me because I don't really cry at most reality shows yeah, reality shows uh-huh. especially when they get like if i get a whiff of oh this is bullshit it's just there's no yeah. there's no chance of it but the, the there's some genuinely pretty heartbreaking things that happen yeah it's uh, not like it's not from conflict that seems motivated by some kind of device yeah you know it's it's from real people having these kind of real like depth of emotion about their connection with another person usually sure. and it's powerful it's very good yeah um, I think that's it. Do you want some submissions? Yes, please. Here's one from Gary who says, a local children's theater company recently needed an emergency replacement actor and I took the job. The stress of learning an entire show in three days was pretty substantial. Oh my God. I just got like... <laughs> Did you get a wave? I got winded from the fear of that. Uh, but today, after my first show, the elementary school we performed at thanked us all by dabbing at the same time. If 300 children hitting a dab at the same time is an absolutely wonderful, I don't know what it is. Oh, my God. Is Did the building fucking fall over from the power from at least the sheer wind force yeah exactly that was displaced <laughs> by 300 heads hitting 300 elbow pits. <laughs> um, uh, Jake says one of my favorite things is watching videos of astronauts demonstrating how things work aboard space stations on the YouTube channel video from space the ISS crew showcases mundane actions like sleeping washing your hair uh, and preparing food that are made infinitely more entertaining by the crazy space tech and lack of gravity even just watching them move around the station makes me feel something that you could reasonably describe as childlike wonder love this shit I watched a video on Facebook the other day of this astronaut who was like I want wonder what happens if you try to wring out a wet cloth in space and did it and the water just kind of like forms a weird barrier around the cloth that just kind of stays there and i was like oh and you could see him too like whoa okay that's what happens i'm a scientist you you love that space i do love that space get me up there please (laughs) um 
Final one here. Emma says, at my high school during lunch, they have been playing the Olympics on a big projector. I think it's so wonderful to hear everyone at lunch making reactions to figure skating or snowboarding. And I wanted to share that with you guys. Doesn't that sound nice? That does sound nice. Eating a big square pizza and just looking up at the, (laughs) you know, the big snowboard jump. Oh, I should have brought the woman who made the Olympics for the, uh, uh, half pipe ski oh. competition just by sort of like going to all the qualifiers and not falling over. That could have been our hot segment. Yeah. Well, we can do a hot segment at the end of the show too of the things that we remembered during the 45 minutes <laughs> that we were recording. Um, I wanted to thank a few listeners that sent us things in okay. our video box. Uh, we got some um, hand designed Valentines uh, from uh, an Etsy shop that's uh, eatmedrinkmeco.etsy.com. Uh, we got a book called Nobody Likes a Goblin, which I really appreciated. Uh, we got a calendar called Brick of Chicago, and it's just every month is a photo of different bricks around Chicago from Will. Uh, so thank you for that. Emily B. sent us a catnip toy for Cecil. Oh my gosh, she destroyed he fucking, it. I've never seen anything like it. He was it. so happy. He we went had, wild. We had never given him catnip before. Well, we, ha- we actually have, and he didn't like go for it. But I guess oh. now in his old age, he's... Uh, we also got some great shirts, and I'm actually not sure who sent them to us, but there's a Texas Shirt of the Month Club. Yeah, they're really nice. Uh, and they're beautiful. So this is just some of the things that we've gotten in our P.O. Box. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's P.O. Box 66639, Austin, Texas, 78766. We only check it about once a month, so I apologize yes. for all those people we aren't able to mention. Um, I want to thank Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to it in the episode description. And I also want to thank Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org and check out all the amazing shows there. You are going to just love all of them to bits and pieces. Um, there's stuff like Heat Rocks, who probably has their own hot segment. Uh, Jordan, Jesse, Go. Go Fact Yourself. Go Fact Yourself is a new one. There's a bunch at MaximumFun.org. And I think that's it, huh? Yeah. Okay. Griffin, put down that big bag of double stuff Oreos. Put down a big bag of dried dookie. Yeah. You're coming at me with all my snacks. I hate this game. Rachel has never eaten Takis in her life. Thank you. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. I love forget me not. I'm Jesse. I'm Jordan. And we've been doing Jordan Jesse Go for almost 10 years now. And it's not gotten any easier to describe. So we asked our fans to do it for us. Jordan Jesse Go is a weekly conversation with two best pals, two hilarious friends, the hilarious smart kids talking about hilarious stuff that happens to them, mostly really stupid stuff, awkward anecdotes, insane tangents, heartfelt stuff. It's like being thrown in the middle of a hilarious conversation between you and your best pals. It's a show that makes me laugh every week, which is pretty rare and wonderful. It might be the best thing on the internet. One of the funniest things you will hear. And it's the best part of my week and has kept me company for the past seven years through all sorts of life. I love those guys. 
That's Jordan Jesse Go, the comedy podcast that's been named Best of iTunes. Every Monday on MaximumFun.org or your favorite podcasting software. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. 